Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Women's Pelvis Wellness. Today, I actually have a friend of mine, Dawn Malarney. She is going to share her story um, of her experience with her ectopic pregnancy that she experienced um, last year. And if you follow me, then you know that I've already had someone on who did have ectopic pregnancies. And the reason why I'm showcasing this is this is something that's very common, actually. Um, And the treatment is the same with all of them, generally speaking, and the way that it is recorded and your medical record is all the same. Um, But every woman's experience is massively different. And so we're just going to chat about Dawn's experience because it is completely different than uh, um, Becky, my previous um, guest. So thank you, Dawn, for being with us today and um, being so open about, you know, your experience with us. Well, thanks for having me on today. I'm excited. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just kind of start. I know I know that you and your husband have one son. Yes, five-year-old. Yeah, and that you, I mean, you're a working mom and you've got a side hustle and you've done, you know, all the things, all of the, you know, life's balancing act that we all are trying to do every day. And, um, and yeah, and then you and your husband wanted to have another baby. So, yeah, it kind of took us a while to decide to try again, I guess, just because we were or we are very career driven people, um, love our son to death. And, um, you know, it was an interesting experience for us too. you know, uh, being with each other for so long and then to bring in this baby into your world and trying to grow in your career. It was, um, a lifestyle change for us too. So it kind of took us a while to kind of make that decision to actually try again. Um, yeah, so we decided to try again and it all kind of happened real fast. Yeah. quicker than we thought. So I was able to get pregnant pretty fast. Um, and I just had some different signs where the doctors wanted me to come in quickly to get an ultrasound. Um, they were guessing I was around eight weeks and this is all during COVID time too. So this was, I'm trying to think when it was, it was in May, I believe. Um, when I had um, to go in for an ultrasound, I was kind of had some extra bleeding and they just were concerned. So I went in for an ultrasound and I had to go by myself because it was COVID. So that too, I haven't had one of those in quite some time where I didn't really know what was normal or wasn't normal for questions that she was asking me. But then once I kind of sat back and realized like, huh, she was kind of like different asks or asking different questions where I should have noticed like maybe something was wrong, but sure. I didn't. Um, 
And I left that appointment and I was on running an errand and then I was going to go home and they called me and were like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like five minutes away. Why? Come back now. Okay. (laughs) So then I had to rush back. They had to do a bunch of blood work and see how my, um, I guess, what was it? My hormone, I don't know, my health and my numbers, if they were right. Um, because they were making sure I was able to have chemo. So, Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they realized it was an ectopic pregnancy and they needed, um, me to rush to the hospital to have chemo done in order to dissolve the pregnancy as soon as possible before it would burst, which is the standard treatment. Okay. Yeah. So yep. Rushed, um, you know, not really knowing what's going on or this or that. Right. Plus I'm by myself. You're admitted to the cancer. You're admitted to oncology. You have yeah. people coming in who are gowned and gloved and because that, because they're giving you chemo, they don't want that to touch them. And so that's obviously you have to be healthy enough to take it. And then this is going to dissolve the pregnancy, which obviously is not sustainable anyway. Yeah. And I would say during that time, you know, too, it's already scary enough with COVID and then them with all the masks and everything. And then I realized it was a girl I grew up with. She was younger than me. So it was like at least a familiar face, even though we haven't seen each other in years, but it was just at least like a comfort moment of like, okay, somebody recognizes who I am and I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's just overwhelming. Um. And so then I came home and trying to think about this. This was actually the day after Mother's Day. Okay. When I had all this done. So I think that too was just more of a shock, I think, just because we were so excited. I got pregnant pretty fast. And then this all happened so fast um, within a couple hours. And then they just sent me home and said it would take on an average about two weeks to dissolve it, maybe up to six weeks at the most. So I was going in um, every week to get my blood work done, to check my levels, to see where I was in my pregnancy numbers. Um, it was kind of dropping, I guess. The um, Was it the hormone levels or? Yeah. Yeah, they're checking your hormones. Okay. And so then it just really wasn't progressing. And then I, so we're getting close to the six-week mark probably. And I'm one that um, probably works a lot and probably was really trying to ignore it because I was just, I didn't know how to feel about it. Sure. So I was working a lot. I was working long hours, nonstop working um, because I just have that work ethic and drive. And yeah, we were getting up to six weeks and I still hadn't dissolved the pregnancy. And then I was having a ton of bleeding and some sharp pain. So they had me go to the ER, which mind you too, is during COVID. So I had to go all by myself. Um, and I was at the ER for a couple hours and they sent me home. Uh, they did a bunch of tests and, um, ultrasounds, but they just said, you know, it's still progressing and this is, must be the process, you know, that your body's kind of trying to get rid of it. And then, the next day I had really sharp pains. And so I'm calling the doctor again, like, what do I do? They're like, go back to the ER. So I went back to the ER. Um, I was getting these ultrasounds. And during that, I was actually working while I was getting my ultrasound done. 
um, I was working, I was canceling an event. I had a, a virtual event I was hosting that day and I didn't have others that could cancel it for me since I organized all of it. So here I am laying on the table, canceling an event, <laughs> getting an ultrasound. Yeah. Um, so I was admitted to the hospital then that time and they were really prepping me for surgery. They, you know, were kind of surprised that it didn't dissolve, but I had so much bleeding. So they were kind of keeping an eye on me, giving me a lot of pain meds, um, nausea medicine. So I was there for two days, I think. And, um, they were telling me, okay, I think we're kind of maybe in the clear. I think, you know, you're not going to probably have to have surgery. And mind you, during this whole time, I couldn't eat. I was prepping for surgery and sleeping. And so I called my husband. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm going to get to come home, you know? And mm -hmm. really he only got to come in for a couple hours here and there to check on me. Um, Cause it was COVID and so I called him and I was like, yeah, you're going to get to pick me up in an hour or two. So we're really excited. And probably less than five minutes after that, they gave me more nausea medicine. And I don't know, but it all happened fast. All of a sudden I told her, I'm like, my whole left side of my body is going numb, my whole body. And she was like, okay. And so all of a sudden, whatever she did, this, I could hear all these people running down the hallway and like, you know, yelling and whatnot. And all of a sudden, all these people are surrounded me. Um, and they thought I had a stroke. Um, and it, it, I just try and like think of it right now. I just felt like I was in a tunnel, you know, looking at yeah. people and all these people are surrounding me and hooking me up to cords and taking my blood. And I don't even know what all. And then um, I was kind of laying there for a while and they were like, okay, you know, we're going to go through the stroke book right now. So they ask you all these questions, you know, you have to smile. Can you move your leg? Can you do this? Move your arm. And, um, then they rush me to go get a scan. I don't know which one it is. Cat scan or MRI or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so then they did that and they said everything looked okay. And then they put me to a different floor. So now I'm being watched for my stroke and not for my ectopic pregnancy anymore. That was the main concern and the focus. Sure. Um, the doctors would come in every so often to check on my pain level of my side, but um, really the stroke was the concern. So I stayed a whole nother night and was analyzed for a whole nother night. Um, and my husband came for a little bit. And I think really that's all about that. I kind of can remember, yeah. but then I was eventually sent home, sent home. I think it was maybe four days I was in the hospital, but it was pretty scary where it was just like, okay, you're here for an ectopic. You're probably going to have surgery. Oh wait, now you had a stroke. <laughs> and then, you know, I think you're going to be okay. Let's send you home. And, um, deep down, they think it's a migraine syndrome okay. when you get very stressed, um, this can cause a stroke-like symptom. Yeah. So now I have to meet with neurologists every so often and be really mindful of any headaches that I get, which I've always had headaches in the past, but um, if it's a bad migraine, I need to 
be prepared in case if I have stroke-like symptoms now. Yeah. And you had never had anything before. It was just the level of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if my listeners had listened to the previous um, episode, my, my client was actually diagnosed with PTSD after she had two ectopic pregnancies within the same year, the second one resulting in her losing her tube. Um, you know, and hemorrhaging and everything. I mean, this is something that, I mean, it has, it has a lot of implications and, um, you know, it's not just something simple, you know, um, and some people it's viewed, you know, a few different ways, um, you know, by some people who are less educated, you know, um, I know that, I know that, there were some, I, I don't even remember which governor it was, but there was a governor in the South that, or some elected official in the South, that, a man, you know, who basically said that an ectopic pregnancy can be moved, you know, mm-hmm. from the tube and reimplanted into the uterus um, because, you know, because of how it is charted. I mean, it is charted as an elective abortion in your medical chart because medically speaking, that is what it is. But you don't have, I mean, your choice is to die <laughs> or, you know, or have or have this done. Um, so I always want to kind of talk to people about that aspect of it because it's not, nothing is ever just black and white as simple, you know, what you're seeing in your face. There is a lot of behind the scenes things um, and we need to be mindful of all of that um, along with just, you know, a mom who had a miscarriage, a mom who was, you know, excited about a pregnancy and now is not, that is traumatic enough. And then we had everything else that goes into it. And then of course, you know, in the pandemic time and, you know, being, you know, not being able to have a support person there too, just may, it just accentuates everything. Yeah. I think it was, you know, the hardest to have, you can't even see you know, your family or your mom or anybody, you know, where it's just, you didn't have the normal support that you have, you know, besides even your spouse, where it was kind of heartbreaking when it was just, it was a big thing for us, you know, a change. And um, then to just have that happen and to so many people don't understand what you go through. Right. If they haven't gone through it, which yes, everybody has different emotions and feelings um, and everybody interprets it differently. So I think that part was hard too. Yeah. Well, and I think that some people definitely say things and they, they mean well, but sometimes it's just better to listen, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and, and to, and to actually talk about it. You know, I mean, so many times people, they don't know what they should talk about or they don't know what to say. So they just ignore it. Like it didn't ever happen. Um, You know, and just, just be a space that people can open up in. That's, you know, that's what I tell people. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to say anything, but be a space where people are comfortable sharing. Well, thanks for letting me share today. I appreciate it. It helps me. So, yeah. So, okay. So you had the stroke or the possible stroke, which they of course now have said that it's um, related to your migraines. And then you went home and this was all, was this six weeks or was this eight weeks after when you realized you had had an ectopic pregnancy? Um, so this was six weeks after I had found out. Yeah. Yeah. So then I took, um, you know, when I was there, 
you know, chatting with the doctors. So like, do you want a couple of days off? And I'm like, uh, you know, I already missed work. <laughs> it was already canceling events, you know, in the ER. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I like, you know, I'm just thinking about work and how, what am I missing? And, and they're like, I think you should probably take some time off. And I was like, okay, you know, I guess write it for two weeks, but I don't really know. And so me, that was a challenge of to actually take time off and to focus on myself and to just grasp what the heck just happened. And so I took two weeks off and I'm one that, you know, kind of fills my time with things I enjoy doing. So I did it and I've hung out with some friends, didn't talk about it as much. Um, and then I was even revamping my job during it because I realized I couldn't do what I've done before. I can't work early hours all night, miss out on my family. It was kind of like that wake up call of like, wow, life is so short. You don't know at any moment what could happen. So I really tried to, um, just be mindful of that. And I revamped my job to what I thought I was good at, what we needed more in our department, um, do more of my strengths, met with my boss. And then I was ready to come back to work. And then like that weekend kind of hit me where I was like, what are you doing? Why are you rushing back into this? Like this whole time you've been thinking about work and whatnot, like you haven't even relaxed. So I took one more week off and just tried to do as much with my husband and my son. And um, I don't know, I'm still recovering. I mean, that was last summer. And, um, I don't know, it's like so many things are changing and I think it's just been a reminder to myself. I need to be better to myself and for my family and be more present and to enjoy everything to the fullest. Yeah. Well, and I know that when we had talked initially, one of the things you mentioned was that because you're somebody who worked so much and like, you're very action oriented, you're very driven, but you realized during this time that you didn't have any boundaries and that because of all of this work, 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 that you weren't taking care of yourself. And that's probably a contributing factor to why it took so long to dissolve the pregnancy. And then of course, you know, the added stress and the stroke-like symptoms and everything. Yeah. But now you're being more aware of your health. Yeah. So, I mean, after that, I was, um, taking time every morning to go run by myself or to go do a workout and not rush right to my computer, especially since working remote now, it's so easy to just go to your computer and start working. So I was really right. trying to be mindful of that and to take breaks because I'm one that, you know, works while she's eating lunch and, you know, tries to accomplish all these things possible, um, when I had a moment to work. And so even now I've been, you know, winter time, that's kind of hard at times to do that when you're working remotely. So I actually signed up for a fitness program and I'm doing this fitness nutrition program, which kind of, you know, it tells me what to do and it's, you know, someone's holding me accountable. It's really what I needed to actually focus on me. And so for once I'm really just focusing on myself and trying to take breaks, be more mindful um, and just even work on other things like journaling and have better, um, thoughts of myself, I guess, to right. be more positive. Definitely. Yeah. That mindfulness, having that awareness of self is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. So I guess where, like, how are you moving forward now? 
just a continued, do you have like a daily practice that you stick with? Um, so I guess I've been trying to be more mindful and to get in a better practice. Um, I've been through this sales class too, where they try and get 66 days challenges to create habits in your life, like good habits you like. Mm-hmm. So really the workout is something that I realized I just need to fuel my body and to fuel right. my energy. And I've been doing journaling, but besides just the journaling, I've been actually doing I am statements mm-hmm. to remind myself, like I am strong. I am worthy. I am beautiful. I am intelligent. You know, just those things, because I think something like this too, initially thought, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Why did this happen to me? What, what did I do wrong? And keep trying to tell myself, like, there's nothing wrong with me. It was part of life. It exactly. happened to you. Yes. Yes. And it happens to so many women. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really, really, truly does. I mean, I, I know several women just, you know, off the top of my head who, who I know of in my life, So that means I also know that there are women who have experienced it in my life who I am not aware that they had that. Um, And again, this is just a space where I want people to be able to share and open up. So thank you for your story and um, for your time and yeah, your continued healing. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It helps me heal. So I appreciate it very much. So um, I know also, I always like to, you know, support women. I know that you do have... You do have like a little side hustle. So if you wanted to share on how people could, what it is and how people can get in touch with you if they're interested. Yeah. So I say I've, you know, kind of that busy working person where I'm always trying to learn and grow. And so I said yes to the network marketing thing, which is totally not my normal thing, but I've just been learning a ton of like leadership training and Mm -hmm. how to bring different mindset to work. And so I'm actually selling some clothes on the side. Um, but my full-time job is working for a community bank in the wealth management area. And through that and growing and with COVID, we also started a podcast. So we're having a podcast about wealth ways is what it's called about. Nice. But it's really about empowering other females and how they can grow and um, inspire others. Awesome. Yeah. And where can they find that podcast? Yeah, so they can find it um, any podcast platform, but it's called Wealth Ways. Um, feel free to reach out on me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, so yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Don, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.